This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. If you work for the federal government, you got an early Christmas present. A new four-year deal which includes a 5.5% increase in salary, a $650 signing bonus, and that sounds pretty rich, but the union's biggest victory was in the sick leave regime. Members of the Public Service Alliance will not only continue to get 15 sick days a year, and that's at least five days more than what's normal in the private sector, but they'll also get to continue banking those sick days, like they're some kind of earned holiday. Meanwhile, the government says it doesn't have enough money to continue funding transfers for health care at current levels. Is something wrong with this set of priorities? We want to hear from you. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, let's go to Aaron Woodrick, the Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Aaron, welcome. Thank you. Hey, good afternoon, Libby. So what do you make of this deal, tentative deal with PSAC? Well, it's quite, <clears throat> sorry, Libby, it's quite disappointing from our standpoint. Uh, we think the government had been negotiating quite hard. Uh, we take the view that uh, the unions have leaders who are there to negotiate hard on behalf of their members. That's their job. And the government has to take uh, the other side of the coin. They have to negotiate hard to get good value for all taxpayers. We think they failed to do that here. As you say, the, uh, I think the thing that sticks in the minds of most Canadians who don't work in the public service is this idea of sick leave being bankable. As you say, they can bank up to 15 days every year. Uh, if you start adding that up over 10 or 20 years, they can actually take an additional year or year and a half off when they retire and get paid for it. I think that's outrageous. I think a lot of Canadians think that's not reasonable, especially when uh, most other Canadians on other jobs certainly don't uh, benefit from anything uh, as generous. Well, yeah, it, it, it's outrageous because uh, sick leave should be for when you get sick. And, uh, I mean, you know, you look at the two things. You know, here we have health ministers in Ottawa looking for health transfers. Uh, health care costs are going way up. We have a growing population. We have an aging population. Uh, these things are necessities. We, we keep hearing about problems in the healthcare system, and yet there's no money for that. But um, we can give these really rich contracts to uh, a union. Yeah, and I think you've hit the nail on the head. You know, if, if uh, sick leave is supposed to help people who are sick, it is not supposed to be an extra bonus for people who aren't sick. I mean, the reward for not being sick is you have your health. 
And as you say, uh, it, it would be the same as saying, well, you know, we will give everybody money rather than put it into hospitals for people who need, who need uh, the health care. Uh, that's essentially what's happening here is people are pocketing this difference. Some have even gone as far as to say, Libby, that it's, it's almost like we need to incentivize people to not abuse sick days. They've said, well, if we don't let them bank them up, then they might just take them all off. And I thought, are you telling me that we need to actually bribe people to just you know, be honorable and not abuse days that are sick. I think that's a, I think that's an unreasonable thing. Well, I mean, it's it's obviously a matter of of how they regard these days. They regard these days as something that's coming to them. I mean, it's really strange. Uh, around here, just in in our little company, you know, we encourage people to stay away when they're sick because we don't want yep. them to infect everybody else. We want them to get better. But people pride themselves. You know, um, yep. I, I'm. I'm not sure exactly. I don't think that it's sort of laid in stone how many we have, but people say, gee, I only took one sick day this year or I only took two. Uh, it, it's kind of a matter of pride for people. Yeah, you would think it should be, right? I mean, if you're fortunate enough to be healthy, uh, you should honor your terms of, of work and go to work. And if you are if you are sick, you shouldn't have to go. We're not suggesting people who are sick should have to work. But uh, goodness, if you are lucky enough to be healthy all the time, do you really deserve some sort of uh, extra bonus at the end of all this? At the expense, I might add here, of other taxpayers and other priorities like our health care system. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, um, it just seems fairly outrageous. Is, is this a political thing because uh, basically the Harper government, conservative government, wanted to get uh, rid of this. So just to put a little bit of more detail on it, the public yeah. servants get 15 days. Most of them on average, they, they take about 12 days, which again is more than most people take. And then they're allowed to carry any unused days. There are currently about 15 million unused sick days banked. So all of them would have disappeared under the conservative plan. And getting rid of those sick leave banks was estimated as $4 billion. That is the amount that we're talking about. Yeah, it's a substantial amount of money, Libby, and it, that is money that could be spent on other things, but it can't because it is now locked up in the entitlements owned to the union. So you're correct. The previous government had negotiated this line pretty hard. They actually had what I think struck most people as a pretty reasonable position, which was we'll trade out the sick days, we'll get rid of those, the banking, and instead we'll introduce some new short-term disability, right? Because there are some people that have uh, chronic problems that need a sort of better arrangement, and so they were going to trade it. So for people who needed that kind of short-term plan, they would get it, but people who don't need the sick days would lose them. And that struck most people as fair. The new government came in, and um, to be fair to them, they actually negotiated quite quite hard for the first year. Uh, they stuck to the previous line of uh, the previous government, but for some reason, they've essentially caved in this week, and that uh, spells bad news uh, for taxpayer value. Right, and they're taking, again, a very hard line on health. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, and, and to be fair, there is, a, there is an argument they have there, too. You know, uh, I'm not suggesting uh, that healthcare is not a priority, but um, they, do have, uh, they do have a problem right now with deficits in spending. It's strange that they would draw the line on healthcare rather than something like sick days. You, as you say, that seems like it would be something that 
uh, would strike people as a more reasonable thing to cut back than health care. Uh, but also, too, with the provinces, um, you know, the provinces are, are big fans of coming to Ottawa and asking for more. They like money to come from Ottawa. They, they would rather not have to raise it themselves from people. So, uh, you know, I think there is, this is a fundamental problem with federal-provincial arrangements generally, Libby, is the provinces show up, they put their hands out, doesn't matter what the issue is, whether it's health or anything else, and then they get upset when they don't get as much as they would like, and Ottawa's sort of there saying, well, you know, uh, we can't just give you as much as we like because we, we have to budget our money as well. Right, but but they they're ask, they they're asking for what they have been getting. The provinces. Uh, yes, the provinces have been asking. So the, the provinces have been receiving six uh, percent a year. Correct. Um, yes, which then was to drop to three percent a year under the old Harper plan. The new government um, was, as far as we know right now, going to stick to that figure. Uh, three, I believe it's three percent or inflation, whichever is is greater. Um, that's what the provinces would get. They would like more. Of course, the provinces would like more. Who can blame them? Um, and otherwise, is uh, now trying to negotiate strings attached, which always becomes interesting, Libby, because the feds start to say, well, we'll give you the money, but you have to spend it on things we like. And the provinces say, well, we need the money. It might not be on what you want. And, and we get this back and forth that we see uh, and, happening today. And it becomes also a question of jurisdiction. They don't want to be told by the federal government, though, though uh, you know, w- we would argue there are some good things in those strings, like home care, which which there is really not enough of. So, you know, a lot of people don't mind the fact that a certain amount has to go to home care. But again, it all adds up to uh, less than they've been getting before and less by 50 percent. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the broader issues here there with health care is that uh, there is going to be a reckoning in terms of the cost of health care over the coming decades. Everyone knows our population is aging. The de- demographic changes are going to stress our health care system considerably. And unless we start to look at ways where we can get better value, um, you know, can we afford, for example, a health care system that increases in cost five to eight percent every year for the next you know, 10, 20 years. I, I'm not sure that that's sustainable under the current system. Uh, I, yeah, that's, that's true as well. And, and there are a lot of people who say that the problems with healthcare, uh, that it's, it's not necessarily only money that will fix them. Well, that's it. Um, you know, more money can help, but at some point you have to question, is it simply a question of more money? Would we fix all our problems with more money? Uh, that's not clear that's the situation here. And I know, uh, you know, some people are very nervous about the idea of American-style health care. Uh, you know, I always find it strange that people run to the American system as a comparator. Uh, you know, we have many other examples in Europe, in Scandinavian countries, Japan, Australia. They have mixed public-private systems that are quite successful and seem to do better in terms of value for money uh, uh, for, the, for the amount of cost to people. Okay, um, hang on, Aaron. Let's take a call from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hello. How are you? Hello? Good, thanks. You know, I, I look at what's going on in Canada right now and what's gone on in Ontario as far as, you know, the unions. The unions have paid. Gerald Butts have, have put Kathleen Wynne in power, and now we've got the carbon copy going on in Ottawa. But my real comment is this government, the Liberals, who had a balanced budget, no, no deficit, $30 billion right off the bat, and now they can't fund health care. And I agree, maybe health care funding should go down. It should be accountable. It should be reasonable and responsible. But when you can go and throw $30 billion out the door without a thought and you can't fund health care, I've got a problem with it. 
uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have a problem with it. Do you think uh, that it's uh, basically just a government thing? As Aaron was saying, they seem to have negotiated hard for the first year and then caved. You know what? I think this government is childish. I think we need to get some adults in the room. Um, they just they have no idea what they're doing. The carbon tax they're bringing in, you know, this whole pot thing, it's just going to be another boondoggle to increase the size of government. And it's just it's out of control. We can't build a pipeline across the country to employ Canadians out in the West, but we can bring oil from the worst countries in the world in. And Denny Coderre won't let oil go through Montreal. Give me a break. What's, this country is on the verge of disaster. Okay, Bill, that's a, a cheery thought. Thank you very no, much. seriously, think yeah. about it. These guys are a joke. They're nothing more than a joke. Well, that's I, all I have to say. Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay, Merry Christmas <laughs> to you. Thanks. Well, uh, certainly sounds from uh, Bill's call that uh, the honeymoon is over. Uh, Aaron, uh, do you sense any dissatisfaction uh, from where you sit with the government uh, over something like this union contract? Yeah, you know, it's tough to say. Uh, you know, the, I suppose the polls have suggested that the popularity of this government has taken a bit of a dip lately. These things tend to take time. Uh, you know, I have some sympathy for Bill's frustration. I guess the general comment I'd have with this government is, like most governments, I don't question their good intentions. I think there are honourable people that try and do what they think is right, but they have a very difficult time saying no, Libby, to people who want money. Um, they want to please everyone, and so they're willing to sort of dole out the cash to whatever group they think it, it, it needs the money. This is a problem in the long run, of course. You, you run out of money, and as we've seen in Ontario, people will know, but um, I think this government really needs to get a grip on the fact it only has so much money to go around, and it has to make some tough decisions, and maybe their priorities are wrong if they can't find money to fund health care, but they can fund money, uh, find money to give unlimited sick days to, to uh, government workers. Yeah, and the, the other point that I'd like to make is even um, for the increase itself, I mean, the argument for the increase was that the civil servants have been frozen. And that happens in the private sector sometimes. But basically, you don't get unfrozen until the company's doing better. But so what's the point of of freezing it in bad economic times if you're just going to give all the money back uh, when you have a big deficit and just add to it? I'm, I'm not getting it. Yeah, you know, there's an argument that the union really shouldn't have got anything here. And they basically got everything. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would concede, you know, 1.3% per year is, is, is not a huge, uh, huge um, wage increase. So I don't think uh, we were that upset about that. But they didn't really get anything in exchange for it, right? If they had managed to get somewhere on the sick days and then given them the wage increase, okay. But to give it to them and sort of give them everything they wanted, I just think sends a very bad signal to the public. Okay, Aaron, please hang on. We have to take a break. And people, we want to hear from you. We're going to be taking more of your calls when we return on the other side of the break. Before we go, the number is 416-360-0740, I'm on with Aaron Woodrick of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, and we're talking about the rather rich tentative deal that civil servants got in Ottawa and all of this while the government says there's no money for health care. We'll be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. 
I'm on with Aaron Woodrick from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, and we're talking about that incredible deal that the Public Service Alliance, the tentative deal they just got with the government, which allows them to continue to bank unused sick days. And by the way, they get 15 of those days a year, which I'm sure is a lot more than you and I get. Uh, So we, we are talking about this. And of course, this is happening as the federal government is meeting with provincial health ministers and telling them there is not enough money for them to continue funding health care at the same level they have been. So uh, let's go right to the phones. We've got Nick in Oakville. Hi, Nick. Hi there. How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine, thanks. Um, First of all, let's not confuse, when you say the word union, let's not confuse public unions with private unions. Okay, private unions have to compete. Okay, public unions don't have to compete with anybody. Okay. okay? I yep. even question the need for a public union because if anybody is going to adhere to the labor laws and treat their labor force properly, wouldn't you think it would be the government? Uh, the other I... thing is, the other sorry, the other thing is, uh, um, politicians come and go, parties come and go, but the bureaucrats are there forever. Okay. And to get these people, and to get anything done, and to get reports or whatever you need done, you have to get these people on board. So when it comes contract time, they cave into these people because uh, if they want to have anything happening, they have to, you know, they got to be cooperating with them. At least that's my view, anyway. Okay. Um, the, the the only other thing I'd say is that the one thing. Uh, public servants in Ottawa have been suffering because of these horrible snafus with the new pay system. So a lot of them aren't getting paid, um, which I have a lot of sympathy with, actually. Well, that may be true. I don't know, but I wasn't aware of that, to be uh, honest with you. Yeah, that, that had, that's, that's very separate from this deal. But, but a lot of them that the, there's this new, uh, computer program that God knows how many millions of dollars that cost. And it's a total, well, it's, uh, it's like everything they, everything they put their hands on, they seem the money just flies away. Well, now, it's either they're totally incompetent or there must be malfeasance or something going on here because everything they do, whether it's Presto or the Metrolinx or, whatever, or Orange or whatever, you know, it seems to cost way more than it should. And then when they look into it, they find out how much has been wasted and thrown away. It's, we don't need to tax people anymore with tolls, etc. They should use the money that they're given properly. Okay, well, you, you've got a couple. Uh, thanks, thanks, Nick, for your call. We're talking okay. about a couple different levels of government, and um, we've got Pat in Mississauga. Hi, Pat. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. Good. Libby, I just cannot believe what I'm hearing. Uh, it really upsets me when I know that they all also are meeting the government today about health care and talking about they can't fund it the way they have been, and it's in such a mess. And it's just, I, I can't believe that they're going to do this. You know, they, they, they and we're supposed to just sit back and not complain. Well, I hope everybody keeps complaining, because I am a senior, and I'm terrified to go into a hospital. 
and not because of the care that the doctors or nurses would give me. The lack of care because everything's being cut so much and you can languish in a hallway for ages. Oh, yeah. And and also, you know, all of our beds that are being taken up because no long-term facilities are being built, not enough of them anyway, that people can go into. Like, really, what is wrong? There's something very, very wrong, and it really, really worries me. Thank yeah. you. Okay, have, thank you, Pat, very much. Have a happy Hanukkah. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, uh, we only have about a minute left. So, Aaron uh, Woodrick, what would you like to leave us with about this? Well, you know, I think Canadians need to certainly, if they feel upset about any of this, they can contact their member of parliament. I can assure people from in my time uh, advocating for the CTF, they do pay attention. When they get phone calls, when they get emails, if they get enough of them, they start start to pay attention. So if you feel upset about an issue like this issue, you should certainly take the few minutes to do that because uh, that is something politicians definitely pay attention to. Okay. Aaron Woodrick from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks a lot, Libby. And Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.